Zero Cool Podcast. Welcome on out. Memorial Day weekend. Uh, a couple of things I want to remind you about before we get started. If you have not yet checked it out, go over to Mixcloud.com. Jägermeister Behind the Shot Mix. Uh, I released the April mix. Uh, the theme was diversity. Uh, it's still up there. Take a listen. Uh, you know, getting in the shower, pre-gaming before you go out this, this upcoming weekend. Uh, if you're out grilling with some friends, throw it on. Throw it in the background, have a couple of drinks. I also uploaded recently to my Mixcloud. I've been doing a series for Taylors as well, calling it the Happy Hour series. We'll be doing those uh, every every other week or so, just because of the fact that my DJ schedule is, is officially getting back uh, back up to full steam. So whenever I get some time, I'll be uploading those probably once every two weeks. Uh, if you have if you are in the Chicago area, he'll be joining us on the podcast in about two weeks. Chicago Knicks uh, Shadow Personal Training. Uh, you do jujitsu, you do Muay Thai, you do MMA, or if you just want to be a gym rat like him or my good friend Quaddy, who is completely yoked, <clears throat> uh, go see Chicago Nick, uh, 2618 Halstead, Chicago, Illinois. Tell him Parker sent you. Uh, he is the the dude of dudes. Uh, he was the former trainer of the world-exclusive Equinox. Uh, the man knows everything about everything when it comes to personal fitness, dieting. I cannot give him enough credit. He will be here in about two weeks to go over all those things. We had to push him off, and we had Carrie here to talk about Act for Bali and Saving the Dogs over in Indonesia. Uh, that is all my notes. Join us on the podcast. Andy, Quaddy, what's going on, brother? What's going on? How you doing? Welcome on out. Uh, I'm stoked to finally have you on here. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Uh, we've talked about this in the past, and I'm fu- I was so happy that I was I was looking at my calendar, and I was like, I need uh, this is a DJ podcast. <laughs> I need to get more DJs out yeah, here, right? man. And it's hard because like I know a lot of DJs, but there aren't as many DJs I consider like really good personal friends like yourself. Sure. So it's this is kind of easy for for both of us to just talk yeah. a little bit about everything. We've had these conversations a lot in the past. Yeah. just the microphone in front of us now. I th- I was gonna say I'm like yeah. I think this is the first time we've done this sober. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, night, the night's early, you know. We we could probably we could probably talk for a few hours, yeah. and if we mix drinks. <clears throat> You'll see us convert. <laughs> um, also, uh, bef- before we go any further, too, I also want to give a shout out. Uh, our homie Peter Pancake is yeah. in town. He's at RWB tonight. Uh, if you're tuning in and watching this, come hang out with us afterwards. Uh, I'm going to go there for sure. I-, I think we talked about this ahead yeah. of time. You're going to join, too. Yeah, we'll be there tonight. Yeah. Um, if-, if you get a chance, he's a good, close friend of all of ours. He's originally from from Milwaukee. Um he was out in Vegas for a while. I think he's in Ohio now. I think the, so. the last time I checked, I forgot which which state he's he in. Bounces but, around a lot. Yeah, he took a new job and he's out there. Uh, hopefully, one of these days I can have him on here because his story is just super oh, unique, God. man. God, that'd be that'd be a long, long episode. <laughs> well, you know the the cool part about him is that like I didn't know this until I actually got to know him is that he ran a taekwondo team over at Marquette. And that I didn't know. And we were rapping. I was like, dude, I'm like, I didn't know you got down like that, man. Yeah. I never do that. <laughs> yeah. So it was just one of those when you find someone else in the industry that that does like a martial art and so on and so yeah. forth. You're like, oh, I was like, you get down too, bro. You got, you got something else to talk about that you, yeah. you have a passion for, you know, yeah. besides so, just music. Yeah. Um, how was your weekend, man? I, I know you it's were good. over at Sophie last night. How was Friday for yeah. you? You did the Bucks game on, what was that, Saturday morning? Yeah, yesterday. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it was good. Um, it was really good. We had a, a crazy crowd in, mm-hmm. in the Pfizer plaza yesterday um obviously game four going for the sweep uh everybody was was ready to go um it it was it was funny because i had played uh i believe that was game 
two mm-hmm. um, back on Monday, and, and we blew them out. So, I mean, the crowd was in party mode right away. Dude, they scored almost 50 points yeah. in the first quarter. Yeah, and it was I, like, like 46 or something. I looked at one of my friends. I was like, dude, are they about to go, like, score yeah. 200 points in a fucking playoff game? Oh, it was, it was, I was like, ridiculous. And like um, I felt like they kind of pulled back a little bit, but I was like, God damn, yeah. dude. I was like, the Bucks are on fire. Like, they made the Miami Heat look like they were a fucking amateur team. Dude, they gassed them. Yeah. They gassed them out. And I, I said that yesterday, you know, with, with the game yesterday. Like, you could tell the whole fan base was, obviously, everybody was, man, like, they're feeling good. We're up 3-0. You know, even if we lose a game in Miami, we'll come back. Game five, we got them. Mm-hmm. But everybody wanted the sweep. You could tell. And and as the game progressed, like, the, the Bucks were down for, I mean, a majority of the game until, you know, I think mid to late third quarter. And you could tell everybody was just kind of puckered up tight, like, Oh, come on, man. And then the Bucks went on some like 28 run or something like that. Um, my numbers might be off, but it was a huge run. And and then everybody was just yeah. party mode, man. Like, we got this. Get the brooms out. Um, so that was obviously a good way to start the day. And then Sophie last night, um, which for me is always a fun event. So I get to play there generally every month. And uh, it's one of my few opportunities to like play strictly house music. Yeah. Um, you know, be it deep, tech, future. There, obviously, there's so many subgenres. Um and it was fun, man. We had, we had a good time. Uh, shout out to my band Showdown, who was there. He was celebrating his birthday. Um, brought a whole crew with. And yeah, I mean, we jammed. We vibed. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I just ate tacos before here. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm all kind of flummy. Um, no, I, I talked to Showdown earlier this week. Big, uh, big, big birthday shout out to him as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, dude who's been in the industry for, for fuck ever. And I love talking with that dude. Because it's just one of the, because it's again, it's one of those you get into those, those huge. Smart those huge like music conversations yep. where you're like, Oh, do you remember this record? And yeah, then yeah. like this record? Oh, did you ever hear about uh, It's just like you get into those, those deep conversations where like you start talking about like my, one of my biggest ones was like, I talk about when I first started DJing where I was like, one of my biggest influences was the ministry of sound and all those like oh, mixed CDs that they would those put CDs out. That came out man. Yeah. Where it was like the double disc where it was yep. like Sasha and Digweed and then yep. be like Sasha on his own, Paul Van Dyke, uh, Paul Oakenfold did a bunch of those series. And then like, I would talk about, I was like, yeah, it's like the one that really did it for me was like, I was like, that turned me on to Paul Oakenfold, which turned me on to transport, which turned Mm -hmm. me on to, um, it was a double disc. I think it was, I think it was the wall double album. Uh, It was him playing at Wembley is a picture of him playing at Wembley from the back. It it sounds familiar. And he dropped. I used to like, I used to go to CD stores. Yeah. And that's, that's where I got him from. That's how old I am. (laughs) And uh, yeah, anytime you saw the Ministry of Sound uh, uh, label, yeah, it was just like, ooh, ooh, you knew it was gonna be fire. Yeah, Yeah, buy it, just get it, just get it now. Yeah. Um, But the one that really did for me was I remember hearing Oakenfold playing "Rabbit in the Moons," "Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You," the the Led Zeppelin remix. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, holy shit! I was like, this dude took Led Zeppelin and like made this work. And I was like, god damn! I was like, I didn't. That was something I didn't realize. Like, I just thought it was. Because when you listen to Oakenfold's early stuff, it was just it was not vocal. There may be maybe yeah, be like, like one vocal track, very dubby. Yeah, uh, and I was just like, I remember was it track five on Transport? I was like, oh, I was like, there's vocals on this one. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then like you you go down further with where you progressed. Excuse me. And I was like, oh, I'm like you you would hear those remixes, and yeah. you're like, god damn, I was like, you can do that, like. Yeah. And it was one of those that I, I felt like it, it wasn't breaking the rules, but it was like kind of take a, like a pivot into another direction. And that's what really influenced me when I started. Um, man, like I miss those CDs. Like I miss all those. You mixes. still have them. You know what? Oddly enough, like 
upstairs in the loft, there's like a whole section of like my old like CDs that I used to yeah. use when I DJed. Because it was like I can't, I can't get rid of mine. I, I don't want to. <laughs> no, like I never I'm, will. I'm worried. Like same with my vinyl, dude. It's yeah. still sitting at my dad's house. Where I'm yeah. like, I'm like I, I might need this one day. I don't know for what, but I don't I know just if I can't I'm, get rid of it, dude. It's I don't just, know if like I'm a DJ hoarder or what. Nah, it's just it's a nostalgia thing. Yeah. At least for me, like I, I still have. I mean, I don't even know how many records. I don't want to know, but <laughs> boxes. And I always know it because they're heavy. I mean, you go pick them up. It's heavy as shit. Like, what is this? It's like, yeah. oh, man, it's records. And I'll go in there like, oh, oh, you know. And one of these days, like, I've heard of other DJs doing this. Well, they'll, they'll go do a party and, like, they'll play straight up vinyl. Yeah, Not Go- like Serato pressed, you know, time code, but, like, vinyl. Yeah, Goose used to do those parties uh, over at Jackalope, and I, mm. I forgot who was all on that bill, but I remember Goose had, had mentioned it, and I know Eric had or Erich had done it, or Eric Erich, um, and Goose was doing it, and I knew they had a couple other guys that like jumped in on it where they were doing like forty five minutes or like an yeah. hour, and they did it all over at Jackalope, and I was like, dude, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I want to go through all my that'd vinyl to organize for a set because I mean hard. it'd be fun, but that'd be hard because it's hard to. Like for me, I was I was trying to figure this out the other day where I was talking to Colin after I did it. I, I did I went in Thursday to Taylor's and I recorded that happy hour series. Yeah. And uh we were talking about it after the fact and he's like, dude, he's like, it sounded really good. Like you, you kinda went all over the board and I was like, Yeah, I was like, you know, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. But like I'll do an outline. Like I did an outline of like 30 tracks 40 tracks i wanted to play and i think i played the first 11 and then like just hit the ground running from there <laughs> where it's like i i can see myself doing that with serato yeah and if i do that with like vinyl like i can't do that where it's like you no, pick out there's... 60 pieces of vinyl for a set that you want to throw and you're like oh i want to go here and you're like oh fuck i can't yeah, that's, that, and, that, and that's i mean from a dj industry i think that's why serato kind of stepped the game up so much you know when you think about how we used to play and i mean you're you, you were you know you're an og you were there when when we did vinyl and when yeah. we did cds and burned them off and you know like that was a whole different world i used to be sitting there like oh man like i got 40 seconds left in my song and i'm like oh shit what cd do i grab you know and quick oh god go go load 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 you know <laughs> and you'd burn them and then sometimes like oh i can't load like shit what do i do i launched so many cds out of my dj booth that <laughs> dude like frisbees man i used to do that all the time i would just like i would just get raged out and just yeah. be like just, yeah you'd see a cd go whipping through the crowd <laughs> yeah if a cd wouldn't load or you'd look at it and it was all scratched up yeah that's gone whatever throw it out i th- i thankfully i always had like uh i always did doubles of everything because of the fact that like whenever i would record a new one like you would do that before i don't know if you did the same thing like my whole ritual was um i would go through i would download stuff that i wanted for that weekend yeah. um i would print that i'd print everything out and i would burn the cd and i'd, I'd highlight like what, what what i thought were like complete fired tracks and like i'd have stuff that was on there was like, where like i'd have like old school stuff on there so like one track would be new another one would be like an old one that I, like i thought would kind of work in my night so on and so forth and then i would burn it twice in case that there was something on there that i wanted to play and i couldn't play it because it was Not only on same, one yeah. disc no i did it, that too it used to irritate the fuck out of me where i'd be like i'm like okay Oh, it's on the same disc. I'm like, yeah. like oh, what do I do? You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did that too. And I remember I would sit there a lot of times, like, especially for the weekends, like Thursday, Friday, even like Friday, like early evening, I'd be sitting there ripping CDs. Yeah. Like, all right, all right. And printing off the list. And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Like, let's do this, you know, and then bring them down. It sucked though. When oh, if you had a bad disc, you used yeah. to hate that. Like drove me nuts. 
Yeah, yeah. even I had somewhere like you'd burn them fresh and you get in there and like it wouldn't work. Oh or, yeah, dude. That, that that was the most irritating part where it, it'd be like you'd be like, oh my my C drive, like the burner's yeah. starting to go and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I I mean went through a lot of that stuff. That broken needles, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. You know, the best was uh cut up was always the best. Or cut up and Tim were always the or Tim, uh Dion. Dion and Cut Up were always the best at like trying to get like if a needle was screwing up like they'd be like 10 seconds be like they'd hear it and he'd be like bro be right there and you like dion would come up and you'd pull out a pocket knife and he'd be like like Just put it together yeah put it right back together and be like boom you're gold you're golden bro and i'm like <laughs> i'm like you're such a ninja right? like how'd you do that man what the hell what uh what amazing qualities you have yeah. you know speaking of djs you know how did you exactly get started with djing how did i get started yeah Oof. How much time we got? Dude, we got all night. <laughs> by, by the way, shout out to uh, the homie uh, Kate, a.k.a. DJ Germ. She is our guest producer today, uh, the mad genius Randon. He is at the TV studio today running the news. Uh, I believe he's getting his full-time position over there. I'm uh, I'm super stoked for him, but I don't know if, if he's still going to be able to still do the podcast and have yep. time for it. Now that he's all big time, oh, they, yeah. offered him, they offered him that big money, and I'm like, yo, I get it, man. They saw the work you did on here. You're See? welcome, bro. Look at man, Parker's just making people get jobs, making them get signed. You should be like an agent. No, no, no. I should be like a, a job fair. <laughs> be like, be like, you want to get big? Do the podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh man. Um, but, all right. Going back to what started. we're saying. Yeah. Uh, boy, I'll try to give you a shortened version. Um, so, I grew up outside Milwaukee, uh, out in the suburbs, and we used to come downtown. This is a long time ago. I, I won't say how long, but long enough. Mm-hmm. And we used to go to like some clubs that that had nights where it was teenagers you know mm-hmm. like teen night and uh we would go and it was me and a group of friends and you know every week we'd come down religiously and my friends would always be like you know dancing on girls getting phone numbers things like that and i found i would always gravitate towards the dj and i'd be watching them like dude like this is so cool like man they're mixing songs together and and, and this was you know uh electronic music was was pretty big then um, not that it isn't now, obviously it's, it's a staple in, mm-hmm. in the industry. Um, but it was big, it was new to me, you know, and it just, it captivated me. And then, uh, uh, from there, you know, I just bought turntables. I, I drove out to audio depot in Madison, um, pretty much spent like my summer earnings, bought some turntables and like, uh, I think they were all probably new marks, you know, nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, bought some new marks, bought like, I don't know, 10 records and then just practiced on the same 10 records over and over and over. And some of them were hip hop, so I would kind of work on scratching and cutting and learning things like that. And then some were more electronic stuff, so you'd work on your mixing. Um, Fast forward, I went to college, uh, went to lacrosse, shout out to UWL. And uh, and this was kind of like Napster, right? Yeah. That was cool then. So again, giving away my age, but. um, And burning CDs was like, that was kind of new. Not not everybody knew how to do that. So I'd burn CDs and I started going to house parties and the house parties would be dope, but the music kind of like, eh. you know, I was like, Hey man, like this, this one party in particular, um, 909 pine still to this day. It's like, it's burned in my brain and, uh, wound up becoming friends with, with the guys that, you know, live there. And I was like, Hey, do you mind if I like bring a couple CDs? We can just play them. Yeah, sure. And then, a couple weeks later, I was like, yo, if I bring my mixer down and like another CD player, you know, we could just like crossfade songs together. And within a few weeks, like I would be in the corner of their house, just like just mixing songs, not even mixing, just popping and fading. 
And I thought it was great. Like, I got to hang out. I got a house cup, mm-hmm. right? So anytime my beer was half empty, the old quaddy needs a drink, fill him up. Yeah. Right? Then I got a microphone, and I'd start talking. You know, I'm a freshman in college. I'm single. So obviously, you know, there was perks to, I guess, being the DJ at a house party. And, and it just kind of went from there. Um, and then I think at the end of my sophomore year, like starting my junior year, somebody that I was friends with convinced me, like, yo, I work downtown at this, at this bar. You should go apply. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they're looking for DJs. And it's like, never really worked in a bar or club setting, but, you know, sure. You know, why not? Let's give it a shot. Went down there, applied, um, met with, with the manager at the time, and kind of just half-assed my interview. Like, oh, you got experience? Yeah, man, I got experience. You know, I've worked <laughs> clubs and bars in the back of my head. I'm like, dude, you're so full of shit. Like, no, you haven't. <laughs> you have no experience. You've been playing burn CDs at house parties for free beer. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and they hired me and, and thank God for that. Like, cause that led to, you know, obviously the start of, of what I thought was just a college job, but you know, turned into more. Um, and then I was lucky enough to meet one of the other guys there, uh, Chavez, Aaron Holton. So shout out to Chavez if, if he's, if he's listening, um, guy was like a, a second father, man, when it came to music and just really taught me everything from, you know, mixing counting beats measures uh keys of songs and not only that but just talking getting on the microphone pumping the crowd things like that and we had two different bars that that we you know worked at one was kind of more of a nightclub so more of the mixing and stuff like that the other one was more of a college bar and we didn't even do that much mixing it was kind of like the stuff i did in college at the time where it was more pops and fades Mm -hmm. but a lot of vocal work and i also learned a lot about just how to play songs you know, it's one thing to know how to mix. That's cool. You know, anybody can learn how to mix beats. But to position your songs in the right order to create, you know, energy in the crowd, that's different. Um, and it kind of went from there. And, and I really got into it. I, I fell in love with it. It became an obsession, a passion. And then uh, that led to, you know, working my way up a little bit, dealing with more of the entertainment aspect, um, not just in the booth, but outside. And then uh, I wound up buying a bar. In lacrosse with two of my friends, um, Club Rhino, for anyone that, that was around at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was interesting. So we, we had it for a few years. Um, we, had a, we had a blast. Like, we had fun. Um, probably drank most of our profits away. <laughs> but I, I have no regrets with that at all. Like, we were in our 20s, and it was cool. Yeah. Um, so we had that for a few years. And, and I kept DJing, obviously. You know, like, even when I owned the bar, I'd still DJ usually two or three nights out of the week. And then some of the other nights I'd be on the floor. And, and even that you learn more. You get to hear other people DJ and hear how they play and their styles and things they do. And, and some of that you'd, you'd take, you know, and some of it you'd hear and be like, yeah, I don't like that. Like, don't ever do that. Um, and then afterwards, I stayed up there for a couple more years, uh, kept DJing. I actually went back to the, the bars I originally had started at. And then um, in 2010, I kind of just made a decision, like, you know, my time's up here. So let's let's go to Milwaukee. Um, my family's here. My little brother was starting kindergarten, so I wanted to be around and move down here. And at the time, I'm like, well, you know, we still going to do this? Like, you know, I graduated from college. I got a couple degrees. Um, maybe you should get a, you know, a quote-unquote real job. Mm-hmm. So I moved down here, and I'm like, well, let's give it a few months. Let's see what happens. And uh, and I got lucky, to be honest. Um, Jake Daney, you know, the Daney brothers, uh, this is when they had Sweet. And... Uh, Unbeknownst to me, when I left lacrosse, I had a going away party and I had invited him on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Didn't even realize it. And he messaged me. And he's like, hey, like, we actually have one of your CDs here. I'm like, really? <laughs> he's like, yeah, we, we play it sometimes when, uh, you know, before a DJ comes in and we think you'd, you'd probably be a really good fit here. Like, where can I come see you spin? 
you can't. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm moving to Milwaukee. Like, I have no job. I have no gigs lined up. Like, I'm just, I just wanted to get out of the cross and just move to Milwaukee. Um, so he brought me in. He's like, well, I got a, I got a, a private party. And uh, how about you come in, you DJ for it? Let's see how it goes. Sure. So I went in, DJed. Obviously, must have been happy. And then they brought me back for the July 4th party that year. Um, and then it just went from there, obviously. Uh, I mean, the, the last, you know, several years after that, I've, I've been lucky enough to, to stay involved with, with their operations and the other bars they own, you know, Buckhead when it was still around, and then obviously RWB, and mm-hmm. I guess still Buckhead, they have the back bar. Yeah. But, you know, RWB and, and a lot of other bars in the area, and uh, yeah, and it just went from there. So it's it's been a uh, it's been fun. You know, it's it's crazy. I'm listening to this story and I'm like, God damn, there's a million and a half parallels between us. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, for myself, I was uh, I was hanging with the five Sigma Kappas when I was going to school. And it was one of those that they would have their Thursday socials. And I would do like the mix CDs at home where it was like I would record. What was I recording on? I think I was using SoundForge at the time. Oh my god! Uh, you know what? By the way, still around. Shout to uh, shout. Well, it's now a Sony program. It used to be Sonic Foundry, based out of Madison. Sony bought it a, a bunch of years ago. Um, I just started using Acid again. Not like the psychedelic drug, but the the digital audio <laughs> workstation. Don't be confused, kids. We're just talking about yeah. music here. I have a drugs. I have a parallel on the on the production computer behind us, and I still use some Windows based programs. I was mostly using Vegas Video uh, for a while, and I've moved on to Final Cut now. But I still like using Acid for for certain editing aspects. One of the really cool things is with the new with the new update that they just did because I actually bought the program now that I actually have some money <laughs> as opposed to hacking the program back in the day. Um, they have this update now where it's it's kind of set up the same way. Uh, not Pro Tools. Hold on, let me see my computer for a second. Can you pull up the taskbar? Did I delete it? Oh, Ableton. So you have so many things in your taskbar. That is like I, I use a million. Production. Doesn't that that would give me so much anxiety if I saw all those sitting there? <laughs> I use I use a million production. Uh, I know, but I I couldn't have them all on my taskbar. That would just I'd be like, dude. Where is everything? What do I do? Help. It's just easier to find. I hate hitting the, the applications and going through for everything. So uh-huh. I just have, if you go onto the Windows side of the computer, there's a million like tiles for, for different programs and stuff like that. Um, but the same way Ableton set up and has like splice and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, Acid has it built in, but it's built into the, the front screen. So like on the right side of it, if you're like, you want old school 88, 808 beats? It's right there. If you want oh, man, this, cool. I'll show it to you afterwards. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, if you guys do production out there and you haven't used Acid in a while, buy the program. I think it's like 130 bucks. And the That's new up- bad. And the new update that they have on it is just absolutely amazing. Uh, I was toying around with it the other day. I had to do some editing for the Happy Hour mix, and I was just, I screwed up in the middle of it, and I was like, mm, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, just... <laughs> I remember back in the day we used to do that record a mix and you'd like screw up halfway through. It's like shit. Yeah, you gotta start over. Like start oh, all man, over. Yeah. And that in that half hour of where you like where you well, going into where you screwed up is so boring because you're like yeah. I already did this. I've done this so many times. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God for for technology. Yeah. So now I was just able to fix it in post and <clears throat> but uh, going back to what I was saying 
is I used to use Sonic or Sonic Foundry. I was using SoundForge to record my sets, and then like I'd go to the Thursday night party. I'd be like, "Yo, here's that fire yeah. disc," and it'd be like you'd get like I think it was ninety minutes of like a really solid mix, and it would go to like someone's like mix CD. So it would just <laughs> like that you would just feel the energy in the in the yeah, room exactly. or or in the basement just completely drop. Where they're like, "Yeah, but that I mean that also shows you just how much of an impact like yeah you know a DJ can have in in a setting, you know." I guess I should have mentioned that too because I, you know, I, I gave a shout out to to nine oh nine, but we had another house that I was in a fraternity in in Lacrosse, and uh, and that was one of the other ways it started. You know, it was like every Thursday, every Thursday was their house. Yeah, it was, it was like, the, yeah, it was the four, Thursday. And, and it's funny, I still know the addresses, like yeah. four eleven West Ave, Thursday night, boom, that's my spot. Let's go. You know, Fridays nine oh nine Pine, and then my sophomore year. Um, we had a, like a you know a cliche like a party house, mm-hmm. you know, like five dudes, I think five or six of us, I don't know, you know, and then on the weekends, you know, who knows, seven or eight, ten, however many people, however 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 many couches they were in the living room, yeah, <laughs> and, and you find people on the floor, like you know, we had a guy once show up, no lie, we we were partying, and this guy just walks into our house, and this is kind of after the party had died down, and then we're talking like three four in the morning, dude walks in, just belligerent, and just never really said a word, just walked in, laid on our couch. And just went to bed. We're kind of like, eh, let him sleep, man. Like, whatever, dude. Like, he doesn't seem like he's going to cause any harm. And the next morning, you know, I get up and he's still there. So I kind of tap him like, bro, you good? And literally, what state am I in? It's the first thing he said. I'm like, oh, man. Like, yo, you had a hell of a night, you know. And, uh, and I mean, lacrosse was so close to Minnesota. Like, I kind of figured him. He's got to be from Minnesota. Yeah. You know, the dude's from, like, Ohio. Holy He's shit. like, bro, like, what are you doing here? Oh, man. Like, uh, I, I think it was, um, I think Oakland Apartments was the name of it. He's like, oh, I'm supposed to be at Oakland, in Oakland, Oakland Apartments, something. I'm like, oh, dude. He's like, come on, man. Like, I'll give you a ride. <laughs> um, yeah, we had a big har- big party house, and, and it was cool. Like, I, I should have talked about this before, but uh, we used to have a basement. Obviously, you know, everybody goes down there, five bucks at the door, get your yep. red solo cup. We'd have, like, four half barrels. We had a shot bar. Dollar shots. Same. Um, Absolutely yeah. the same. This is crazy. Yeah. And we did all that. And then I was on the first floor. Like most of the, the bedrooms were upstairs. Two were on the first floor. And we would set my turntables up in my bedroom. And then we ran all the speaker wire through the heating duct. Yeah. Downstairs, you know, and I'd be up there. And so like sometimes I would DJ if I wanted to. Other times if I didn't, we would just play the music through through my computer, mm-hmm. you know. And But I could still, I still had control of it. So I was like, all right, like, cool. Like, you know, we'll just put a list down. Like, nowadays, like, Spotify, yeah. basically. Um, OG version, you know. It was we actually amp. had, I, <laughs> by the way, I still have, like, all of my digital records. Like, Really? I, I uploaded it to, um, to Google Drive because at some point it hit, like, one, 1.2 gig. Or, yeah, MP3s or something like that. Like, my oh. MP3 collection. It's something like when I put it in iTunes, I could go, like, 30 years without listening to the same song twice. I could see that. Yeah, and I was just like, holy sh-. I was like, holy crap. I was like, I have... and, and the, again, I don't want to get rid of it because I'm like, I have Spotify. I have everything under the sun, but it's yeah. one of those where it's like, well, what if Spotify doesn't have that rare, like, uh, what was it? Um, Jawbreaker soundtrack, whereas, like, that one song, Imperial, Imperial Funk or Imperial Folk. Like, there's weird singles that, like, I've heard throughout time where I'm like, that's a really cool song. Yeah. And there's I, white label stuff that, yeah. you know, you'll you'll never find that. There's, like, there's a ton of those those disc series that I'd, I'd gotten back in the day where it was, like, party bangers. 
Like I've never seen that uploaded anywhere. Yeah. I've seen like I used to use Xmix for a while and I used Funky Mix and stuff like that, but I haven't seen those uploaded anywhere. Sometimes like I've I've searched for records before, you know, really rare stuff and sometimes you'll find them like I found them in the most oddest way. You just Google search, mm -hmm. you know, and oh my god, some guy has it, but then they'll want like $300. Yeah. I was like, "Bro, like come on, man. Like, can't you just rip it and just send it to me? Yeah. Like, I'll give you 30. Like, how's that sound? Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I could get rid of my stuff. Like I, I, I said, like, be, be it MP3s, records, CDs, like, I'll and bury me with it if, if nobody wants it. Just, yeah. you know, throw it next to me and call Eric, it a day. Eric always makes fun of me, and he's like, dude, he's like, you have way too much music. And I'm like, no, I'm like, never. You can never have too much. And, and he, It's not possible. And and he kind of he kind of got my, my point one time when I was like, it's it's really rare and it's also really cool at the same time when you're playing a venue and you're doing a set and you play like, I don't know, I, I would say like Mayor Hawthorne isn't like a really well-known artist, but someone will come up to you and be like, yo, is this Mayor Hawthorne? And, and you're like, you know this? Yeah. Like in your opening set, and they're like, yeah, dude, this is a jam, yeah. so on and so forth. Do you know I love it when people do that. And someone goes, do you know this record? And you're like, you mean this record? And they're yeah. like... Bro, bro exactly that, that bro that bro yeah. part right there is where you where i feel that we totally connect um with with the audience especially early when you're when you're just yeah. kind of doing oh, your yeah, warm -up like set. that happy hour vibe you know and, and you get to play with the crowd a little bit and it's one of those where it's like that where i, I feel is where you really get someone and then you start talking online about music and then it's that that great connection that great relationship where you're sending music back and forth to each other mm -hmm. they're like do you know this one? Oh yeah you like that you're gonna love this and you become the human spotify for suggestions for other people and you turn yeah. other people on to other music and it's great because of the fact that you find someone that gets it like in the audience which is super yeah. rare but at the same time it's you have someone that you can bounce stuff off of where yeah. you're like, oh, there's this, there's that. I have so many of those like in my DMs on a regular basis. I'm just I, talking with people about music. I always tell myself, and it's kind of the same, a little bit different, but like uh, just when it comes to like the things you do, you know, if you want to do like your own remixes, your own blends, mashups, if you cut a little bit, um, you know, even if the way you mix. And I used to always tell myself, and I still kind of do, like if there's 200 people in the crowd, right? A lot of those people are, are not so much always as concerned with what you do. They just want to hear their song. They want to dance. They want to have fun. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Like, teach their own. But I always think to myself, like, there's five, ten people out there, and they know exactly what you're doing. They know how to DJ, or at least the basics. They know what you know. Impress them. And those are the people every night that I'm like, I want those five or ten people to come up to me and be like, bro, like, track selection, style, skill, you killed it. I like that philosophy. I really yeah. do. I never really thought of it that way. It's a great perspective. It it's it's always kind of it's one of those things. Like sometimes you need motivators, and yeah. not just what we do. I mean, just in life in general, like you need motivators, things that kind of just give you a, a little push, you know, a little boost. And that's one of the things I've always thought of. It's like I want those people to be impressed, you know, even when like industry people come in, you mm -hmm. know. And I mean, and one thing I love about Milwaukee is, I mean, the industry is so close, mm -hmm. um, from DJs, bartenders, managers, everything. Like it's it's a family. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people that don't work in our industry probably don't quite realize that. Like, we're all very close and we're all very tight. And, and it's not always easy to get in to that group. You know, like, we're, we're protective of each other. And, and, you know, when you get in, like, yeah, like, you're accepted. You're with us. Like, you're part of the crew. Um, even the people that we barely know. I mean, yeah. some of the people were, 
Like, I know you. I know you work at, you know, so-and-so bar. I don't remember your name, but you know what? We cool. Yeah. Because we're, we're in the industry. Um, and it's like even most people come in, though. It's like, yeah, like I want you to be impressed. I want you to have a good time. You know, like I know you could come up here and, and you know, probably push me over and take over and like, yeah, yeah, let me throw a party. But, you know, I'm up here right now. So, like, let's have some fun together. Like, I want you to enjoy this. I relate to that with a uh, big shout to, to DJ Analog. She was in town, I think, about a month ago. And she was at Brothers, and she was with uh, Jesse Roberts, who used to bartend at... Well, he used to be at Taylor's, and he used to be at McGillicuddy's. I was say, I know Jesse. Um, and he, he came in, and he said what up, and uh, Analog came up to the booth, and I hadn't seen her in forever. She joined the Army, and and so on and so forth. And then uh, she came to the booth, and I was uh, I, I was riding the beat off of something else, and there was like a an interlude, and I forgot what, what tracks I was playing. I was going back and forth. I was cutting the bass on and so forth. And I just hear her go, yeah, <laughs> I look over and I see her and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Hell, what up? What's up? Yeah. And she's like, you're fucking ripping it up. <laughs> and you're like, it's one of those where it's like when you get that that mad respect from from another DJ in the industry or I, mean, I love that or, or another person in the industry that goes out of their way to make sure that they come to your gig and say what's yeah. up. It, it, hey, man, well, you I mean, you you were with me. uh was that a week or two ago? Yeah, for the uh, My brothers. Yeah, I was doing. The, yeah. I was hosting the fights. Yeah, and man, then... I love that stuff. That means a lot. You know, it means a lot to me when when people do that. Like you know, and and a lot of us we don't have many nights off. Yeah. So when we do have a night off, like yeah, where are you gonna go? Well, there's a lot of places to go. A lot of people you want to see. So when somebody takes time out of their night off to actually like stop in where I'm at, like man, man. Oh, I, I I told my uh, so I had a I had a bunch of people from Rufus Sport with me. And the the fights were wrapping up, and they're like, "So what are we gonna do after this?" I was like, "We're gonna go up to the DJ booth." And they're like, "What?" I was like, "Yo, my homie Quaddy's here." I was like, "I don't get to see this guy that much." I was like, "I was like, the dude throws fucking sets." I'm like, "We're gonna hang out," and we partied for a good, man, a good almost two hours, and then finally, I, I think I, you guys were there for a while. I think after about my fourth Guinness, I started talking shit to my <laughs> girlfriend. I was like, "What's up, girl?" You want that thick boy energy? Come get it. Girl. Oh yeah, <laughs> with four Guinnesses. I am such a lightweight now. I'd be sleeping, man. I'm such a lightweight. I uh, I was I was joking about this last night. Um, I I had kind of a rough night, uh, being at Taylor's, and I I had a beer there, and Callie and I came back here, and, and I had another one. By the time I ended the beer, I was I was sitting on the bed, and I I put the glass down. I went to go take a, my first step. And I fucking almost face planted, and she's like, "You are such a lightweight." <laughs> And it I was happens, just like, man, you know? I was like, you know, you, you give me a year and a half off, essentially from drinking, yeah. bin, from, essentially from binge drinking, I should say. Um, the nights at Jackalope, like I barely remember because it was always one of those where like Sheldon, Eric, Josh Janis, uh, Kingston and Jen, when they used to live here, everyone would come through and it'd always be like, Parker, let's do a shot. Yep. Parker, let's do a shot. Yeah, well, Parker, you want to drink? Welcome to Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> and it was one of those that, you know. It accumulates over time of just doing shot after shot after shot, and all of a sudden you realize you're doing eight, ten shots, and then yeah. having a couple of drinks or beers on top of that. And then I just I stopped drinking during the lockdown. Like I'd yeah. have a beer here and there, but I wasn't I wasn't out drinking drinking. No, no. I mean, well, a lot of us weren't. You know, yeah. and I I did the same. I think well, the first like the first month, I mean, I was I was grumpy. I was pissed. You know, just not not anyone in particular, but just the situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the first month or so, it was like, what do we do? I don't know. I got a bunch of alcohol in my house. Let's drink it. Like, woo, you know. And then after like a month of that, I'm like, all right, like, you can't keep doing this. Like, why don't you be productive with your time? And, and that's, I got back into the gym. Um, 
you know, I was like, well, there's nothing else to do. So let's go work out. Let's work on music. You know, our Serato crates, man, I could spend an eternity on those. They'd never be 100%. Same. You know, so it's like, well, at least work on them a little bit. Like, you know, you know, improve your website. Like, whatever. Reach out to people you haven't talked to in a while. So, yeah. And and I agree, though, with with the industry getting back and everybody, like, going back into party mode, it is kind of like, oh, let's do a shot. Let's do a shot. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I, no. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I need a break. I, I uh. turn down so much alcohol now. And it's crazy because it... I'd never thought of it as such a big deal in the past. We're now to the point where I'm like, Dude, I don't know if I can even hang anymore. And I, do, I and just don't want to feel like shit the next day. Same. And it, it's one of those that I don't like not not being in control. Yeah. And, and yeah. just kind of letting go. It's not that I'm not comfortable with it. It's just one of those where I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to be there anymore. I want to I want to make sure I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And and I've seen other people and I've been guilty of it. I mean, I I'd, I'd be totally a liar if I said I wasn't, you know, where there's been nights where it's like that's not even me up there. That's a shell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's an alias. I don't know who that guy is. And and, and you know, and I don't like that. Like we're, we're still professionals. We still have a job. Like we still have an obligation to do what we're supposed to do, you know. And I got random hairs in my face apparently. Um you know, so so yeah, I I, I like to drink and stuff when I work, but I I've learned you know, maybe it's one of those, you know, getting older and getting wiser things. It's like, yeah, I'll have a couple and a shot or two. I'm like, ah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm good. I'm good. You know, and and uh, and it's good, man. I, I like having control of what I do and waking up the next day. And it's not like, what the hell did I play last night? Yeah. <laughs> you got to go back in your computer like, I played that last night. Like, I've oh. done that so <laughs> many times. Yeah. That was, that was a younger version of me. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, what, what was crazy is I look back on that. And I remember there was a point where... um. Where if I ever got stale, Joe Conforti and Eric were were guilty of doing this to me. Where they would come up and they would they did it in tandem. Where they'd be like, Parker, let's do a shot. Parker, let's do a shot. All on purpose. Parker, Parker let's do a shot. <laughs> and then it'd be like Parker would turn into rage mode. Yeah. And it would just be like raging ass party. And they're like, yeah. And then the next day I'd wake up and be like, how the fuck did I get home? <laughs> I'd be like, Eric, did you drop me off? Yeah, we dropped you off. Well, oh. did I do all right? Parker, you were... Killed, after, it. Killed it, bro. After 11 o'clock, we just kept feeding you shots and you absolutely <laughs> murdered it. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. But that was the ongoing joke is that like if I ever got stale, they're like, we'll just get Parker Blackout drunk. <laughs> Sometimes that works. Sometimes I mean, it works. Yeah, I mean, hey, like I said, I, I, I've had plenty of nights like that where, you know, oh, bro, you killed it last night. Oh, I did, huh? Yeah. Thanks. What, what's, what did I do? What's really cool now is that being able to accomplish that and, and have – a complete recollection of it and being able to spot certain things where you're like, okay, I need to get out of this. I need to go to this. Yep. I need, and you know, okay, here's where the room's at. Okay. Let's push this a little bit further. Let's see what I can do. What can I get away with? Yeah. I want to do like something off the wall. Like I think I'd play like panic at the disco or something like that. We used, we used to call those left turns. Yeah. Um, which never made sense to me. Cause it was like left turn. I don't get it. Like, is this a racing thing? Cause all turns are left turns. <laughs> I never, I never understood where, where that came from. But when I was like the way I was taught, yeah, we're going to do a left turn. We're going to do something off the wall. Left turn. I'm like, I don't get it. But I'm like, all right, whatever, dude, like let's roll with it. So you and I always called them, uh, what the fuck tracks. Yeah. That's, that's probably a much more accurate description. And than, it was on a left turn. <laughs> it was always one of those where it was, we were trying to get out of something and we wanted to get out of one direction, move to another one, but we didn't want to just do that stop and go like the stop and, and crash Yeah, where it was like, okay, well let's play Jimmy eats world and, and 
Scotty doesn't know. Which, oh my god! Which still freaks that song me out. Still slaps, man. What freaks me out is when I've dropped that and I see like twenty-two-year-old kids just start raging, and I'm yeah. like, "That movie's as old as you are." Dude, man, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, at least for me, the last. I mean, COVID kind of messed things up a little bit, obviously, but the last couple of years in general, seeing the songs that are, I guess, to them, classics. Mm-hmm. I mean, like for lack of a better term, like these are classic hits for them. You know, these are songs and I'm like, damn, I remember when this came out, bro. Like, you know, and I see them all raging out to it. It's like a lot of that, that mid 2000s, early 2000s, Sean Kingston, uh, Flo Rider, um, um, Chris Nama, draw a blank, but you know what I mean? Uh, Stacy's mom. Yeah. You know, if you go rock style, you know, they'll, they'll eat that stuff up or uh, third eye blind or lit or et cetera, et cetera. It was uh, it was crazy when I f- I first started playing again. Uh, Callie had shown up to a couple of my gigs, and it was one. Of, it's the same thing where you drop something from the nineties. Uh, I would like my personal favorite is "Semi Charmed Life." That's a jam, and you can cut it, and you can have the crowd sing along to mm-hmm. it, and it's it's all that rock concert feel, which for me yep. is just oh. I just get rock hard when I hear that. Like, that that, that <laughs> do, like rock do you go, star. Do you go from six to midnight? Yeah, six to midnight. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's that that rock star moment where you, where you can have fun with the crowd like that. And I remember her looking over at me. and She goes, "They know this," and I was yeah. like, "They know this," and they're singing it back to you. And yeah, that, and that's the crazy part. Um, there's so much of that that's out there that you know you look at someone who's a college kid and you're like, like you have such an immense. They they all have like such an immense knowledge of music where it was like they also have so much access to it. Now. Yeah, where I was you like, and, and that's and that's kind of where I was going with this yeah. is that I was like, you you can listen to the radio, but at the same time, these kids are making playlists of like the huge hits from the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. Where it it baffles me too, where like, you know, some kid will come up to me and be like, "You got nineties? I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "Can you play Crisscross?" And I'm like. You know say, that? Say no more, fam. I got say you. Say less. I got you. <laughs> yeah. In it's, fact, it is up next. I, what? I'm playing a house set. Nope. We're getting right yeah. out of this. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I, I love that. And that's cool. I, I think, uh, like for me, I know I live. I mean, we live pretty close to each other, but like where I live, it's a very diverse uh, demographic. I mean, mm-hmm. I have people that are retirees living there. You know, I have people that are, you know, in their, I guess. 30s you know our age mm-hmm. um and then i have kids that live there that are in college you know and msoe is right down the block and marquette and etc and there's so many nights like i'll be getting ready for work and i'll hear especially in the summer when the windows you know get opened up and i'll hear people like pre-partying and i always man i eavesdrop so hard you know i'll go out on my balcony i'm like <laughs> what are y'all listening to let me hear this and i'll hear a bunch of kids singing songs i'm like oh no shit like y'all like that you're into this i'm like cool like all right, you, you know, know, you know who low key helped me figure out like a lot of the like sing along tracks. Shout out to Matt Howard at Trinity, dude. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, yeah, dude, Matt. Dude, yes. One a one a.m. You roll into uh, Trinity is the Matt Howard experience, and D- you're like Disney, <laughs> and you're just like Disney Express. Yeah, and you're like, bro, just, yeah. And he's just he's he's DJing essentially on an iPad, and he's slinging drinks at the same yeah. time, and I'm like. Bro, like there's there's so many times where like I've walked out of Trinity like with one eye open, <laughs> yeah, and been like, yo, that was a great night. Like that was fun. There was something that like 
something they played once where I was like, I'm using it as a closer for like the next week. <laughs> I, uh, I also appreciate that Matt always keeps a gold bottle or a, a cold bottle of Goldschlager there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's that's the one thing from college that I'll just never get rid of is my appreciation for the for the gold. We used to do. Uh, we were idiots back in the day. Shout out to Jorge Benevente uh, over at Crossover Gym. Uh, he, I'm planning on having him on here one of these days, but we used to do, when we were in our early, early 20s, we would do loaded Coronas, and you would take a Corona, take a shot of Bacardi Limon. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Let it just mix, and we used to smash those all the time, and then I didn't really essentially realize it until like years later. I was like, oh, we're ripping a beer and a shot every time we're drinking. Yep. Yeah. We used to do those, and it was one of those where... A couple of years ago, I was like, oh, I, I used to have those. Like, I, I saw it on special. And I was like, that's a special now? I was like, all right, I'll have one. And I drank two of them, and I was like, ah, <laughs> It's different, doesn't it? <laughs> it? It's way different Yeah, when you're, when it's 15 years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a uh, uh, Chavez, the guy I was talking about before. He was a big Zambuca fan. I'm sure he still is. Oh. And uh, like just the thought of that, I'm like, oh, like just, just saying the word. My mouth waters. I'm like, no. dude, you're nuts. You know, here's the thing. I would always do Jägermeister, and the Zambuca was kind of like, I don't know. I think it was a Euro bar thing. Everyone's like, Zambuca, Zambuca. I'm like, give me Jäger. Give me yeah. Jäger all day. I mean, even now, like, I remember. Even I, that sounds awful right now. Yeah, here. Hopefully you're not endorsed by Jägermeister. But. <laughs> Be sure to check out my Jägermeister behind the shot mix <laughs> up on Mixcloud right now. No, um, um, I used to do. I used to work at a beach bar. Uh, shout out to John Line. Uh, he was one of the guys that got me started in the industry. Uh, I worked at a beach bar as a bartender and a DJ. And one of their DJs, this guy, Chip, would always do servers on acid. Which oh, was, man. Which was Malibu, yeah. Jägermeister, Chambord, Pineapple, and Cranberry. And I used to drink those by the boatload. Ugh. And it, it was just one of those that... When you're in your early 20s, beer is, is bitter. Your, your your palate is a lot different. Nah, so that, nah, that worked nah, for me. I liked beer. Oh, I, could, I couldn't <laughs> do beer. I always did mixed drinks. Uh, I, was, I was always doing vodka. I was doing um, Captain Coke's fish bowls, which were... Ugh. Dude, those Have a Nice Day... I don't know if you're around for Have a Nice Day Cafe and Bar Milwaukee. I, those fish bowls were... I like, was in college, but I would come down here a lot, and that's where we always went. Those fish bowls used to ruin me yeah. for at least two days. I mean, there, there's bars downtown that still do those, and and I've like tried them before, and it's like, man, I, I don't know how you do this. Like, <laughs> I no, like that's way too much. Brothers does does like I think what they call their trash can. Like Is that what they the, call it in the mini picture with the red. Yeah, one? yeah. I know they do them. I know RWB has them. Um, I think a few other places do. And and hey, I mean. They, I'll tell you one thing. Like I've seen them made before. There's there's plenty of liquor in them, and in the way they make them, like you, you that's the scary part is you can't taste it. Yeah, you can't. You know? Yeah, and I've had I've had people. Uh, you know, I mean, my girlfriend's obviously she's a bartender and she's been in the industry, you know, for a number of years. And, Shout out to Sam. Yeah, hi Sam, if you're listening. <laughs> no, she's actually she's probably at work right now. So, um, but you know, she always tell me, oh, people always come up. Oh, there's no alcohol in this. And I'm like, I've seen them made. I'm like, the there's alcohol in it don't He's, you worry like you're gonna be you're gonna be right as rain you just drink that down and wait a little bit <laughs> I, I don't want to give away the ingredients but yeah i used to watch how those were made and i was like whoa i was like that's why i was drinking and they're like yeah you didn't know i was like yeah <sighs> yeah there was uh when i was in school in lacrosse I, I think it's still there um uh it's called who's on third and and they were like in lacrosse like 
the fishbowl was their thing, you mm-hmm. know. And I remember going there and you'd stick like six straws in them and everybody would just suck out of it, and, you know, and get like brain freeze. And then about 30 minutes later, you just blackout. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, all right. My fishbowl's taken over for the rest of the night. Let's see what happens. <laughs> so, you know, we were talking about before um, when you had owned your club up yep. in lacrosse and you were talking about, you know, when you're working the floor and you're walking around, you would hear other DJs play sets. I was thinking about this because I, I hadn't really thought about it in a while was I, I was very fortunate when I was up in Wausau that I had two amazing resident DJs. Uh, well, I had a couple of them. Uh, Jason Drew was one of them. But I also had no. Do you know Gregar from uh, Crooklyn Clan and Smashvids? Yeah. So he now was, that you say it and you say the affiliation, I'm like, yeah. So he was one of the guys that I worked with, and then Zach DJ Deville, yeah, Deville. was another one. The all guys out of Wausau, and it was one of those that like when I was, I would go from DJing and managing on a regular basis. Yeah. And it was one of those that like when I was walking the floor and stuff like that, I would hear the stuff that Zach was doing. I was hearing the stuff that Greg was doing. And I, I go back and I tell people these stories where I'm like, yeah, the, those guys were my residents. And they're yeah. like, are, are you serious? It was like, it's it crazy how much talent came out of Wisconsin. Wausau, oh, and, Wausau. Yeah. I mean, Wisconsin in general, general, but Wausau, Wausau. Wisconsin. Like yeah. when you think of these, these, you know, and these are international yeah. people in the bill in particular. I mean, he's been in China and he's been all over the world. And they're like, you're from Wausau, yeah. Wisconsin. Where is that? Yeah. It's like some people are like, where's Wisconsin? I'm like, dude. Like, you know. I'm wearing the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, just in the middle of the no, country. Zach, you know, Zach crushes it. it. But here's the thing. Zach was crushing it back then, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I never foresaw him going in the direction that he did and, and where he is now, where, you know, the last time I had talked to him, he had done, like, a Shanghai tour. Yeah. And then he had moved to Vegas. He recently moved back to Tampa. And I think it was just because Vegas had shut down and he has yeah, more opportunity. I think they in were all they were all shut down there. I don't even know are they even open all the way yet? Um I think so. Pretty close if if, if but not. they're av- they're advertising that like DJs are going back. Like yeah. Lil John had said that he was doing stuff at Excess and there was a couple other shows that were planned for like the Fourth of July and stuff like that. It's got to be. It's got to be close to back to normal. Plus, they're doing the uh, the International Fight Week out there. Shout out to the UFC. Um, they really don't need my plug, but these guys are billionaires. Can't, um, can't hurt. But uh, they're doing the the Poyer McGregor fight, and they're doing it without mass at the um, that new arena. It's right next to the MGM. And I forgot what the heck the name of it is. I think it's the MGM Grand. Now that I think about it. I think it is. I was there for the McGregor cowboy fight, and uh, that place is huge. It's amazing. And then, like, you exit right out of there, and you can go right into the MGM. Yep. Yeah. That's cor- oh, of course. Yeah. Were well, they going to send you out to the street? Yeah. No, well, no, no. You, you, I think you had to They'll go spend through. that money. I think you. I was. I'll be real honest. I was stoned the entire time I was there. Um, I think I wandered out of the MGM. I was with uh, Jason Gilbertson. And he was staying at the MGM, and I was staying at the Palms. And I had to get back to the Palms for something. I can't remember what it was. And I ended up having to take, like, a $300, a $300 limo to get out of there just so I wasn't waiting, like, three hours to get out of there. And I think I ended up splitting it with someone who needed to go to the Rio. They're like, we'll pay $150. we are going to the Rio. And I was like, all right, cool. Give me Fair one. enough. Yeah, was, pff, there yeah, we right. go. And uh, I got back to the Palms, and I don't remember what the heck I was doing. Like I said, I don't know. Maybe I had to go get more weed or something. <laughs> I was like, we're going out to the after party now. I don't want... And that was the thing, dude. I, I like 
don't get me wrong. I like drinking, but at the same time, like being able to like see an artist, like, dude, I remember I went to go see two chains when I was out there and I was just like, I was just high as a kite the entire time. If you weren't, you would have got high by the time you got in there. Just the contact high would have got you. Well, at, at Dre's, they like, they don't want you having weed there at all, which I think kind of makes sense because they have such a huge markup on the alcohol that they want you buying alcohol and stuff sure. like that. But I think if you really want to experience something like that, like, dude, you gotta be high to see two chains. You, you, I mean, it's just good times. Like, I remember I, I used to see Oakenfold out there when he had his residency at the Palms or uh, at Rain. And I was like, well, we need to get lit before we go in and see this. And then it was like, you get like a drink or two just to sip on and just watch him. But it was such a great experience because they had that, that trust that would drop down. At one point, they would have fire shooting out of it. They would have, like, it'd be snowing inside the venue that would yeah. be coming out of that thing. Um, they would have people that were dropping down from the ceiling. They would have, um, I forgot what they're called, but they would drop like fabric and people would like roll down them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Actually, I have a, a friend, um, friend of the family that she does that. Yeah. It's, and I'd have to look it up and see what it says. But, but that was that was a show and a half. And there's so much there to experience, like between the lights, the sound, people dropping from the ceiling and bungee jumping and stuff like that. And I remember at one point there was a woman that came out who was wearing like a metal corset and she was like in time with what Oakenfold was doing. And she was like hitting a grinder and just shooting sparks off her corset. And I was like, I was like, that's, and like, you're just watching sparks go over your head. You're like, that's insane. How do you you come up with that? What are you going to do for a living? I have an idea. You know what I want to do? I'm going to take a grinder. I'm going to wear a metal corset and I'm going to shoot sparks off my body. No, you want to know what the real crazy part about that is? And and I'm going out on a limb and I'm, I'm making this up and, and being a little facetious. Is she probably did that gig, left that gig, went to another gig and probably did like Tiesto and then probably, probably went to like Calvin Harris. Well, she probably did. And closed the night out doing a Benny Benassi I mean, show. how many people do you know in the world that, you know, shoot a metal grinder off their metal corset? I don't know her personally, <laughs> but at the time, I kind of wanted to know her personally. I, I, I'm sure she wasn't ugly, yeah. I'm I'm sure she was, uh, you know, I'm sure they they hired her for her intelligence what and was, not her looks. Um, speaking of like really big gigs and stuff like that, like you have a number of them that you've done. You've you've worked with the Bucks. Yep. Um. Do does everyone know that you that you did pre COVID? You you worked for the Packers as well. Yeah. Um. Out of all of these gigs, what what was like kind of your highlight for you? Like what? Uh, or man. or some of the highlights, man. Because I mean, I got a million and a half stories. Yeah, I I mean, I don't have a particular job that like I would place higher than the other. I mean, they're all cool in their own right. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the working for the Bucks has been amazing. Um, this is, I believe, my fifth fifth season with them, and you know, and and it came at a good time because obviously the team has gotten better every year. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I I truly mean this when I say it. Like I have a good feeling about this year. Um, the schedule's tough. Uh, I know they just got through Miami, which they just made made work out of them. Which I was actually, like I said, we we talked about this before, but I was I was kind of surprised. I was like, damn, like they just swept Miami. Yeah, like yo, which is a sweet revenge yeah. from last year. It's like, man, like piss off, bye. Mm-hmm. Um, you're more likely they're playing Brooklyn next, um, and then you know we'll see if they can get through Brooklyn, which I think they can. Um, I don't think it'll be a sweep. No, it's the I don't follow basketball. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn matches up. Yeah, they, they match look up. tough. Yeah, 
they match up better with Milwaukee, and then you know likely, and again you never know, but likely then they would go to Philly, and then mm-hmm. you know if they can get through Philly, then then we're in the finals. Um, but I mean that that's obviously been cool, you know, from a from an overall aspect, and I think you know I guess a wow factor when when you tell people like the things you do, obviously. You know, oh, cool, you work at this club, that bar, this place. Oh, you work for the Bucks. Ooh, you know, mm-hmm. their eyes light up a little bit, um, especially if they're a sports fan. You know, because then I get a million questions. Oh, have you met so-and-so? Have you met this person, that person? And it's like, uh, I mean, kind of. Like, yeah. Giannis fist bumped me once. Like, does, that, <laughs> does that count? <laughs> he came up to me at a private event that we were doing for them. And, you know, he said hi to me and gave me a fist bump. And I'm like, <gasps> you know, I met Aaron Rodgers in the tunnel. Uh, when he was still with Danica, um, you know, but it wasn't like I met him. Like mm-hmm. I was walking in the tunnel and I'm like, that's Aaron Rodgers next to me. So I just kind of like is in, in cliche, like little dorky boy, like fanboy. Hi, Aaron. What's up? Okay. You know, and then walked away. Um, Dude, I would have fucked with him. I've been like, Danica, Patrick, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> Just totally ignored him. Yeah. Who's your boyfriend? Yeah, right. <laughs> God, he would have set him off. Uh, yeah, don't don't do that. Like he probably would have boycotted the the whole Buck season. <laughs> no, I'm not coming back here. Um, the way he's been acting lately, he might. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know I I I kind of understand a little bit from from his side of things. Like they really did kind of do him wrong the way they've treated him. Um, but still, man, like you're under contract. Like, do your job. This is what you're paid to do. Do it. So we'll see. I I think he'll come back. But um, but obviously, yeah, the Bucks, the Packers. Um, you know, I, I grew up as a kid. Football was was big. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't quite as big of a basketball fan as as I was a football fan. Um, you know, I do remember as a kid, like you know, my dad would take me every time the Bulls were in town. You know, as I was getting older, like Jordan was still. Kind of the heyday of his career, but that was that was the dude. That mm-hmm. was Jordan, man. That was, in in my opinion, that's still the goat. You know, like I ain't gonna talk about LeBron. No, no, I agree with you. Yeah, uh, I, ain't I, got, I ain't got nothing good to say about him. I, I can um, I can sum it up pretty quickly. There, there's a couple of things that I've always said. Number one, uh, you want to know what makes you great is when you bring up the people around you. Yeah. Um, he made the people around him play better because he he set such a high bar for everyone around him was he a dick yeah yeah well great they, 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 they usually are. are yeah <laughs> and, and you know what there's usually something to learn like um there was a for basketball we can say that like there was a there was an article i read recently where it was a a center back for a soccer team was he played for united and he was getting an earful from gary neville who was a fullback for uh, Manchester at the time and he was like that's the easy pass when you pass off to the side he goes you play at Manchester now you go up the middle to make a play mm-hmm. and it's one of those that Gary Neville was being a dick Michael Jordan was being a dick but he made the people around him better the other side of that is is that Jordan on a regular basis made you think that he wasn't injured he wasn't sick mm-hmm. um, where I've kind of seen where LeBron is oh I'm hurt I'm this yeah, I'm he's that soft. And and that's but it's also in my opinion, but it, and it's it's a different era of of basketball. Yeah, you know that, the, the game the game when we were growing up was a more physical game. Where now yep. it's like they're concerned. I mean, these are guys with multi 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 million dollar contracts where they're trying to protect their assets. And yeah. I get that, but at the same time, it's 
it's kind of made him a little pussyfooted, you know? I mean, it is what it is. So, um, but yes, I mean, I, I mean, to, to tie back into what you were saying, I'm, I'm going off on a whole different tangent. Oh, we will um, do yeah. this all, all day. <laughs> no, I do all that day. a lot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, the, the Bucks and the Packers thing has been awesome. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough from a corporate standpoint, I've played a lot of corporate events and, and worked for, you know, Nordstrom, Mac Cosmetics, um, Victoria's Secret, which boy, if you want to talk about an awkward gig, <laughs> go DJ at Victoria's Secret one day. <laughs> a center DJ and a Victoria's Secret. People are picking out panties and lingerie and here's just me in the corner. Like, what do I do with my eyes? Where do I put them? You're like, what do I... I you know, like, I don't want to watch you pick out lingerie. I mean, it's cool, like, you know, but I don't. Depending on my status, I just would have been like, that'll look great on you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Here's my number. You're way more of a, you're more of a red. You're more of a red. Put put that purple one away. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it. the, the cool thing is, like, with, with what I've done and, and, you know, and I'm sure you can agree with this and I'm sure you understand, like, it's taken us all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done some. I, I worked for Reebok and I did their Spartan series for for a brief amount of time. Um, but I mean, I got to travel. I, I went down to Atlanta. Um, I, I DJed inside of AT and T Stadium, you know, in Dallas. Like I have a picture of me on the fifty yard line uh, in Dallas, you know, with the big star is with a yeah. Packers jersey flipping off the star. <laughs> you know, my boss was pissed. But it was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take a yelling at for this. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not missing this. You know, like how many times am I ever, am I ever going to be in here? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I DJed inside Dodger Stadium. I DJed inside Miller Park. Like, and those are cool things that, you know, without these other opportunities, like I never would have had. Um, and I'm, and I'm beyond grateful for them. And I, and I don't say this stuff to like, I'm not trying to brag or like boost an ego or anything, but it's just just one of those things where it's like i'm sharing some of the cool stuff i've been able to do um because sometimes i'll get friends like uh uh you know especially like high school friends or or whoever and i'll be like so you still dj i'm like yeah that is that all you do yeah it's actually pretty time consuming like takes up a majority of my week like trust me ask anyone that knows me personally and they're gonna tell you like yeah i'm usually doing something um Y'all, there's prep, there's equipment, there's upkeep, there's, I mean, look at the stuff you work on. Yeah. You know, just think about this studio and all the time it takes to set this up, you know, like, yeah, there's a lot of time that goes into it. And if you're just working this part time, like, yeah, you're probably not going to be able to accomplish all that. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's awkward and, and I can relate, excuse me, damn tacos. Um, <laughs> I can relate. Could have saved me one. <laughs> You know what? The taco truck. Well, we can definitely hit there again. I, I do not mind going back there. The El Pastor uh, tacos over at the taco truck park are just absolutely amazing. Those things are all bomb. Um, but I can relate. I remember I went to one of my high school reunions and it was I was kind of at a real high point in my career where I'd I'd worked with Kid Rock. I'd worked with Tommy Lee. Um, I was working with a lot of big names in the industry. And on top of that, my association with um how do I put this? Adult film stars. <laughs> um, that's, that's the nice way of putting it. Yeah. Was there was a million and a half questions where it was yeah. like, what's it like working with, with kid rock? I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't really see him. I introduced him to his girlfriend. I haven't seen yeah, him right. since like um, Tommy Lee was kind of a dick. Like to be I honest, I can see that. <laughs> and, and it was just one of those where I was like, I was like, dude, this guy wasn't someone I'm like, I would have beaten the shit out of him. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> um, you know, Jesse James was super cool uh, when I got to meet him from uh, from West Coast Choppers. We were chopping it up backstage. Uh, 
Billy Gardell and I have like an amazing story where like the opening act got fired as they were on stage. I had to go fill 15 minutes not being a comedian to warm up a crowd of 10,000 people for him. And I was like, you want me to do what? Yeah, right. They're like, just go out there, do your thing. And I'm like, what's my thing? I'm like, (laughs) I'm funny to you guys in a conversation. I'm like, I'm not funny to a crowd of people. They're like, oh, take so-and-so from uh, Playboy TV with you. And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> but Billy has told that story num- numerous times where he's like he's like yeah a DJ and a porn star opened up for me one time in Milwaukee. <laughs> no shit. Um like all these stories like they're amazing but like at the same time it's one of those that like because of the opportunities that were presented in front of us like I have these really cool stories. I'm you know same thing, super thankful, but it's always awkward when people are like what's yeah. it like with this? What's it like with that? Where I'm like dude it, it's my job. You it's know, what I do. It's what I do. But at yeah. the same time, that that question of, so you're just a DJ? Well, I'm like, no. I'm like, I, it's I a lot, lot more that goes into yeah, it. Yeah. Like, and, and people don't, and that's okay. Like, you know, and I'm sure we're not the only occupation where, you know, that happens. I'm sure there's a lot of other occupations out there where, you know, I have a friend that's a nurse. You're a nurse. You know, so what's my cliche like or, uh, or my, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, stereotypical thought of it like what do you do you know change bedpans every day or it's like no like I'm sure he does all kinds of crazy stuff and I'm sure he's very involved and very educated on you know multiple facets of of the health industry you know so it's just you know people have a it's a stereotypical view I I we just show up play music and I think I think what a lot of people miss is that this is a business yeah through and through um I have an LLC I have a tax code yep uh I'm filing as a, uh, was it not? Yeah, I I'm moving into becoming an S corp, not an escort, but an S corp, so that I can file. Don't lie, you can tell everyone the truth. I wish I had that kind of dong to sling. To be real <laughs> honest, dude, if this if this medium dick gives me three fifty, uh, <laughs> like three dollars fifty cents, I'd be very impressed. Um, but no, like I have to start filing. Like I want to get to a point where I can start filing my taxes quarterly, yep. and and start being able to be more accurate with my write offs and, and what I'm doing because trying to do it once a year sucks. It, it's like trying to crash, like crash study for an ACT test yep. is the best way I can explain it. Yeah, um, it's it's tough, and and you know, like any other business owner would tell you, there's write offs, and you got to keep your books and your mileage, and you know, so on and so forth. And and it, um, what, on, on the plus, like hey. If you do go to a bar, right? And oh, like, entertainment expense. Absolutely. Market Every single research, one of them. baby. Every single one of them. I you highlight bought them. a bottle of, you know, whatever, uh, Kettle One. Hey, market research, man. Uh, I print out <laughs> I print out my uh, my bank statements every month, and I highlight everything on there that yeah. I, that's potentially a write-off. Um, there are amazing programs out there that my dad has given me. Uh, shout out to Primerica. Uh, if you need financial advice, feel feel free to slide into the DMs. I'll give you my dad's information. He is one of the most knowledgeable people. He set up my retirement and my investments for me, and um, I'm I'm okay. I'm 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 good for. He, he gonna make it. He gonna be all right. <laughs> well, well, if I make it to my retirement, I might be okay. Um, but you know, there, there's so much advice that I had out there from him, and there's so many programs that are out there for you. Uh, where it's like you can take a photo of your receipt and it yep. goes right into a, a a folder cloud. I didn't even realize my dog was still in here. Uh, yeah, she's under the table. But uh, but yeah, you can take 
take the receipts and it literally just puts it in a folder and yep. it's like month by month by month and you go and it can read everything and tells you what it is like what, what the total is and i'm like holy crap i was like the the stuff that we have today in comparison to 10 years ago is amazing and it makes it so much easier for yourself especially as a business that oh, yeah. we are yeah. to write all this stuff off. i used to just do it all on excel oh really i used to just hand type it all in and then at the end of the year i'd print it off and just run through it all, and it's like, man, it's oh, got to be, it's got to be a better method to this. Like, oh, you this got the sucks. extra credit in, in school, oh, and it, and, but it sucked. Yeah. It was just like tax season, or at least you know when taxes were due. It was like, just don't, don't talk to me for like four days. Yeah, I'm just gonna lock myself in a room and just, yeah, I'll it's, see you in a bit. It's a pain, but yeah. like I said, I'm trying to figure this out where I can do it quarterly now yep. uh, for myself and. Like I said, if if anyone wants advice out there, uh, Papa Parker is the best dude in the world to Papa talk to. Papa Parker. Uh, my dad, Papa Parker, best dude in the world. Um, where the hell were we going with this initially? We were talking about different gigs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, dang, we're, we were talking bucks. Oh, I remember what we are saying. I was talking about different gigs and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, it, it's hard to explain to people that as much as because they see you in a bar they see that you're entertainment mm -hmm. and I don't think that people put two and two together that yeah the, the the bar side of it is one thing but the other side of it too is that like I do special events I do yeah. weddings and it's funny because I don't think anyone until you've had a wedding I don't think anyone gets what a wedding DJ is that it's you know that makes or breaks your reception oh yeah absolutely and well, I, I think like every every event the goals are a little bit different so like when it comes to nightclubs and bars like obviously I want people there. I want to fill the bar up. Mm -hmm. I want people dancing. That's that's pretty easy to figure out. But like when it comes to nightclubs and bars, like I still want the bar to make money. Exactly. So if I got like 200 people out there dancing and their drinks are empty, we ain't making money. Exactly. And if we ain't making money, you know, we ain't succeeding. Like just like you said, just like what we do, it's a business. They want to make money. They need registers to ring. So when it comes to nightclubs and bars and I see a dance floor and I see empty drinks, well, I want those people to get a drink. So I got to find a way musically and creatively to kind of switch up, deter them, not to the point where they're like, this sucks and they leave, but enough to like, damn, I'm having a good time. Oh, my drink's empty. Ooh, let's get a drink. Let's get a shot, you know? And then you rely on the bartenders, you know, maybe the upsell them, get them to do doubles or maybe encourage them to get a shot or whatever. Um, but ultimately, like, it is a business, so you get them to make money. Um, when it comes to, you know, the Bucks and the Packers, that's, that's strictly an entertainment aspect. Um, and I could talk for hours about, you know, the, the way it differs and the things they do from in-game material and, you know, when to play certain songs. And there's j just like a bar, just like you save stuff for your peak set. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the sports stuff. You have songs and things that we save for peak moments. You know, I'm not going to come out and play, uh, you know, Aoki's Turbulence in the first quarter. Mm -hmm. Like, that doesn't make any sense. It's like five to three we hit turbulence like no we haven't like we're just taking off here we're good yeah uh, so you know placement uh, when it comes to weddings like uh uh you know my biggest thing the reason i even got into weddings because i had such a a cliche awful opinion of wedding djs same because they suck i mean this to be honest like most of them suck um i've been to too many weddings where it's like bro i went to a wedding a couple years ago where the like they played the couple's first songs the wrong song it's like, how do you mess that up? Like, how? Yeah. How? You have, like, five important songs that you really need to nail throughout the evening. First dance, if they have parent dances, you know. What else? That's it. Yeah. And you mess that up. I'm like, damn, like, you suck. 
Well, um, and and I sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 go go I, ahead. Before I lose my train of thought. Um, but I I went to like you know I hit that age just like you were you know friends are getting married and you go into weddings and and you're hanging out and you're watching them and you're at the wedding and it's same 50 songs and they play them in the same almost order and they play the whole thing and it's like god this is boring and uh and then i kind of would be at weddings and be like yo like why doesn't somebody take kind of the nightclub bar aspect like we don't have to play the whole song we don't have to start out by playing all these oldies Mm -hmm. like we can come swinging with some new stuff let's get the wedding party out there people are going to be like oh this is going to be a fun wedding and then you can kind of branch off all right go different directions um, and that was kind of the, the mentality I took with that. And I always tell couples, I'm like, you know, especially when it comes to like the financials of it, because weddings aren't cheap. I mean, they're, they're not cheap and, and don't get me wrong. Like, you know, if I do a wedding, like I charge a, a decent amount and I expect to get that amount. Like I have so much equipment involved and most weddings and, and you can attest to this. That's like a 15 hour day at yeah. least day of not well, to mention all the, the prep, prep work. Yeah, yeah. The prep work. I mean, it's, it's like a full time job just for your wedding. And how I always tell people, I'm like, so think about your wedding like day of and break down all the money you spent and percentage it, you know, like, oh, we spent, you know, X amount on our venue and our food and my dress and the DJ and whatever else. And then think about it a year later, five years later, 10 years later. Do you think anybody in five years is going to be talking about your dinner? No, they don't give a shit. Damn, that chicken was the bomb, bro. Remember that chicken we had back in 2016? That was so good. I can't stop thinking about it. Nobody cares. As long as they don't get sick, you know. Yeah. Um, but if they dance their ass off and the whole crowd was partying, they'll talk about that. You bring up an amazingly valid point there. Shout out to John Haas. Um, Johnny Blue. Johnny, man. Jo- you know, I didn't say this before. So so when when I was talking about like the teen clubs I went to, you know, in high school. Yeah, he used to work at the attic back in the day. I didn't realize. We we just found this out. We've been friends since almost since I moved here. Because I see him at Taylor's all the time and yeah. Sophie. And this was like, I don't know, late last year. We just happened to kick it on a Wednesday. And we realized. I'm like, bro, it was it was Metropolis. Oh, okay. And I'm like, bro, you DJed at Metropolis? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you're the dude that I, like, worshipped. You're the guy that I used to follow around and be like, man, I want to be like him. And we just never knew yeah. after all these years. So yeah, it's funny you bring him up. I'm like, damn. I'm like, the, I'm gonna I'm gonna scoop back to this for one second. And I'm I'm gonna go into a story about about John. Um, he asked him and Heather had asked me to do their wedding because I played Taylor so much and they were there when they were dating so much. And one of the things that him and I and anyone that was ever at his wedding talk about is they're like, you're the DJ. They're like, we had so much fun. Yeah. Like I have a video of like Deontay doing the Carlton <laughs> to B 52s. <laughs> and it was because of the fact that like, I think John's uh, mother-in-law had asked, he's like, Parker, he's like, I know I said, I wouldn't request anything, but it's the mother-in-law. I was like, say less. I got you yeah. brother. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he goes, Years later, that's the biggest thing that still sticks out. Two things. One, him serenading his wife, me playing that party. And uh, and he goes, dude, he's like, I couldn't ask for anything better. He goes, the night was perfect through and through. He's like, the music for dinner was perfect. He goes, and as soon as you started doing your thing, it was absolutely amazing. And it's four years later, and it's still the thing that he talks about me the most. Talks to me about the most is about how great that party was. You bring up an amazingly valid point. Now. Scooting back on to John once again, um, we have always talked about like gigs that we've always wanted to play. One of them that I've always wanted to do, and 
they've never called me back for this. I, I've sent them my my resume. I've sent them uh, all my credentials uh, throughout the years of 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 gigs and residencies that I've had, and no one even no one even has ever reached out to me back. Uh, was Mad Planet like Mad Planet for me? Mad Planet. Yeah, so Damn. they used to do a teen night. Yeah. Also, shout out to Adrian Serrano. Yeah, uh, he used to be the bouncer over there. Um, this dog is just tearing ass through here. So, I'm sorry. She's having fun. Here, come here. Oh, I don't have treats for you. Come here. <laughs> come here. But uh, Mad what's Pla- up? Hi. Oh, oh went, went right for the went right for the microphone. Yeah, didn't you? She's got the yeah. zoomies. Hi. You got zoomies? Yeah, my dog gets those all the time. But uh, as I was saying, like one of the one of the gigs I've always wanted was Mad Planet. And one of the things that John and I and, and Heather and I have done on a regular basis is we've gone to Mad Planet. And he was telling me the story about how he was he was a resident at the Attic at the time. Yeah. And whoever owns the place literally opened up the phone book and looked at nightclubs. And the first one that was, that was listed was Attic West. And they called and Craig Pletz had answered. And they were like, hey, um, we, we lost a DJ. Uh, can we borrow yours for the night? Yeah. And John goes, that's the one and only time I ever played at Mad Planet in like the 30 some odd years the place has been open. Really? And he was just like, that's how I got that gig. And I was like, bro, I was like, this is an amazing story. I'm like, they won't even call me back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Oh, What's the matter, girl? Oh, what? She just wants to run. She's like, I'm out. She's just tearing ass all over the place. But yeah, that was that was the one gig I've always I've always wanted to do. And I was I was always jealous of it when you tell me about it. I was like, oh bro, you got to play there? I was like, was it when the turntables were hanging from the chains too? I was like, ah Wait, were they really? Yeah, so there was chains that came down from the ceiling, but it wasn't like it was you would be able to move them. Yeah. Like they were they were like solid. So it was like you could literally just they weren't moving at all. So That's like the, crazy. the record went. I was gonna was say like, you said that, I'm like, wait, that doesn't that that wouldn't work. Yeah, so they're they're hard so okay. that they wouldn't move. I got you. Um, and it was it's such a cool thing to see. But yeah, that's the one the one venue that has never called me back. Where I'm mm. like every year I'm like, do you guys need DJs? Can can I get in here? Like there's always there's always that one once a quarter. Like, yeah, and that that was always my big thing is that I've always wanted to just do 80s new wave, and it it there aren't a lot of places that you can get away with that. Like no. Johnny Taylor, loves that stuff yeah. too. And and that's the thing is that like a a spot like Taylor's you can do. A little bit of everything. I, I had this conversation with someone recently where I was like, I was like, I love this place. I was like, you can do all the new stuff. You can do house. You can do, you know, deep house, future house, Afrobeat, hip hop, 80s, 90s, 2000s. Yep. And then you can just mix it all together at once. And yep. the clientele is so large where it's like everyone just kind of gets down to it. You have little groups that like a little bit of everything. Um yeah, just such an amazing spot. Where, where where did we start out with this? Uh, weddings. That's where we were. Um, there's something else I was gonna say about weddings. I forgot what the heck it was. Now, I, I apologize. I go all over the board. Super ADD. But uh, <laughs> but no. Shiny red ball. What? Where? Wait, what? There's uh-huh. a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you something. Um, you know, we were talking about you DJing for the Packers. Yeah. What? Like outside of meeting like Danica Patrick or at least seeing Dana and uh and Aaron Rodgers, like what was some of the big highlights for you? Well, um, I mean, and, and number two, like what do you look forward to? I, I don't know if you're still gonna be doing this or not. Like uh it's it's to be determined. So obviously last year with COVID, I mean, it was shot. Um I, I had played the year prior, that was my first year, and and 
it, it I felt it went really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a learning experience. You know, every game we took kind of a different approach musically and just kind of figuring things out. And, and as we progressed, like, we made progress. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when it concluded, <laughs> so when it concluded that the last game I played, um, if you want to hear a story, this is, this is probably one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the last game I played was the playoff game against Seattle. Mm-hmm. So again, this is not this past year or the year before. And uh, the one thing about the Packers that, that we kind of talked about and I think would have changed was like, I, they, they pretty much wanted like my track listing provided to them ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's cool, but it's like if I see certain things or if, you know, fans come into the stadium a little bit quicker, maybe a little bit slower than I anticipate, I'm going to save some songs. I'm going to move things around on the fly. So I kind of talked to him about that a little bit. Like, I understand why you want to see this. And it was my first year with them. So, you know, play by the rules and just do what you're supposed to do. Um, but Russell Wilson was warming up, mm-hmm. you know, Seattle, Russell. And it just clicked in my head. I'm like, dude, that's right. Like, Sierra, Sierra got a kid with future, Russell Wilson warming up. So I deviated my whole plan and I just started dropping every future song I had. <laughs> just back to back to back to back to back, you know? And it's just Russell out there in the field. And I'm like, this is great. Like, I don't know if anyone's catching this or not, but I'm like, in my opinion, I'm trolling his ass so hard. And I, I don't know, you know? And uh, and as it's happening, like my phone starts beeping, and I'm looking at my phone, and it's like retweet. We, you know, people are like tweeting my name, and it's getting retweeted, and it kind of went viral. You know, somebody's like, "Bro, whoever's dropping all these future tracks at Lambo right now, you're a genius, <laughs> just a genius." And then at the same time, you know, I, I, I it's hard playing there because I got my headphones, and and I use in ears like like you have, mm-hmm. um, but I also have a headset on. So I got a headset on, and that's, you know, people from upstairs are talking to me, and then I got my in-ears, and I'm trying to mix, and then I'm trying to hear, you know, my booth monitor. So it's a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Um, and, and one of my bosses, you know, kind of chirped in, like, this this isn't this isn't what's on the list. I said, I know. Like, I made a, I made a change, you know, and I never even got a chance to explain it. And then one of the other people chirped in. They're like, bro, like, you got to get with the times. And this is to my boss. You got to get with the times, man. That's Russell, Sierra. These are all future tracks. Like, Quadi, you a genius. Keep going. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, somebody knows what I'm doing. I'm like, cool, you know. And uh, and I was laughing. I'm like, well, I hope it works. Like, I hope he doesn't get pissed off and throws, like, six TDs. You know, unfortunately, at work, they won the game. You know, they went on to the NFC Championship. Like, cool. Um, but that, that was one of those moments. It, it was one of those make or breaks for me where I was with the team. I'm like, I know this is my last game, no matter what, like the, the road to the, the Super Bowl that year was all away games from there on out. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, you know what, man, no matter what happens, I'm going out my way. Like this is, this is, <laughs> this is going to be cool. Um, and I didn't know I'm like, God, they might be mad. They might like, you're done. You know, they might think it's great. And, and afterwards we spoke via email and they were like, yo, we had an awesome year with you. We were really happy. Like, we enjoyed everything. So I'm like, all right. Like, I guess I didn't piss them off too bad. <laughs> you know? And it went viral for for trolling uh, Russell Wilson. So, you know, sorry. I mean, and, and the thing is, I like Russell. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm a Badger fan. He played for the Badgers. So yeah. I'm like, you know, I got my love for him. But sorry, man. Like, <laughs> come game day. Hey, we, we ain't friends today. You know, <laughs> we'd be cool in a few hours, but not right now. Um, so I, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, obviously moving forward, COVID screwed everything up last year. Um, we've been in touch. We we spoke recently, 
and uh, and just kind of set up a, a plan to speak again, you know, in the coming months. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I've I have a million things running through my head that uh, that I want to share with them, ideas and just things that you know I've seen not only at other games, um, you know, having a chance to be with the Bucks this whole season. Um, not only as a DJ, but I was working behind the scenes for a majority of the season as well uh, before we allowed fans back in. And just being able to be there for, you know, literally almost minus a few, like every Bucks game, I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, from the start of the season when we had zero fans all the way up to now where, you know, I think we're allowing like sixteen to 17,000 in there. Um, I learned a lot. And, and that's one thing, too, about this industry is, you know, we, we've both been in this for a long time. I never stopped learning. Mm-hmm. Every every week, every day, every month, every year, I learn things. Um, trends change, uh, equipment changes, you know, technology changes, and just my my vision of things changes. So it's cool, man. Like I I, I look back sometimes and I'll think of things I did a year ago. It's like oof, like man, you're better than that. Come on, you know. And, and you learn and you adapt. Um, so hopefully with the Packers, we'll have a chance to take some of these things I learned and 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 share them with them. Um, and if for some odd reason it doesn't work out, you know what? I had a blast. Yeah, I had a good time, and I, I don't, uh, I don't hang back on things too much and worry about them. Like it is what it is, and you just move on to the next one. Um, and I trolled Russell Wilson's ass. So. <laughs> I always got that for me in the back of my. Uh, That's a W. That's bag a w of and bag D. of memories. Yeah, that was that was a fun one. You know, I think uh, I think I touched on every every uh, everything I wanted to touch on. Um, the last thing I kind of wanted to bring up was you know. You were one of the guys that were able to figure out how to keep working mm-hmm. once, you know, the city had opened up, then it kind of backed off and, and it slowly been progressing in, in the right direction for, for reopening. And officially, um, I think it's Tuesday. Um, yeah. Masks off, full capacity. Cue that future again. Oh, I, I just threw that. <laughs> I just threw that into that, that happy hour mix for Taylor's. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know if like anyone got it. I was like, I was like, you guys are gonna be playing this a lot. I was like, oh, yeah. you definitely yeah, that, this on that there. track's about to hit the billboard. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, you know what? I got a really cool, uh, like I have an Afrobeat version of it that I really like. I'll, I'll send you a copy of it. Um, but yeah, I, I threw that in there and I absolutely love it. Are, are you excited to get back? Like to, to getting back to normal I, for myself? Yeah. Like I'm stoked for it. Like, yeah. you know, my experience has been this is that I I pivoted, you know, I, I helped out my friends over at Taylor's. They, they need someone kind of, you know, no one's ever going to replace Sasha. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those. They were like, Parker, you kind of embody some of that. Some of those good aspects that, that Sasha did. And they're like, we, 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 we could use you. And I was, I was very flattered by that. And, and I was like, I, I was happy to help out my friends and, you know, I wanted to see them stay afloat and I didn't want to see them getting any fines and stuff fines and, and stuff like that. So I was I was more than happy to to obligate them. But pivoting from DJing to that and then now being able to pivot back into DJing, like I'm beyond excited. Mm-hmm. Um I we're, we share res- residencies at a couple of different places. Uh brothers, uh are yeah. you at Uncle Bucks too? Uh I played there in the past. Okay. Um I wouldn't say I have a residency there, but I've I've definitely played there. Um and a, and a couple other spots, uh, Hideaway out in Okachi yep. Lake. Yeah, hometown, man. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to all this, man. Uh, what's the biggest thing that you're looking forward to this summer? You know? Um, obviously, right now, I mean, the box playoff run, that's a big deal to me. I want to see how far we can take this. And like I said, I got a good feeling about it. Um, overall, this summer, just, just getting back. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have a summer last year per se. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things we weren't able to do. Um, so now having that opportunity to do those things and just, just, yeah, just get back to normal. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Well, I'm excited for it. Um, you know, for, for myself this weekend, uh, if you guys are, are partying with your mask off, as Future would say, you can catch me Friday <laughs> at uh, un- at Uncle Buck's. Uh, shout out to Lawrence and uh, Ricardo over there. Uh, Saturday, you can catch me over at Brothers. Uh, shout out to Brett, you big dick bastard. Uh, <laughs> and uh, James, uh, Juan Good Party. Uh, those are my homies. Love them. That's where we I host all the UFC parties. That's where we're hanging yeah, out. Uh, last month, partying with you. Uh, where are you at this this upcoming weekend? Uh, God, where am I at? Um, I gotta look at my calendar. No, go right ahead, man. I don't know. So, let's see. What do we got going on? I got, um... You probably got Buck stuff, too. I got sure. RWB on Friday, and then I'm actually gonna be in Green Bay Saturday. I'm going up to Stadium View. Oh, nice, nice. So, yeah. I haven't been up there. So I haven't been up there in a while, so it'll be cool to uh, check it out. Fucking brilliant, man. You know, one last thing I was just thinking about, um... Before we take off, uh, yep. you know, myself, you, everyone kind of knows my, my schedule. Or, you know, I'm over at Rufus Sport on a pretty regular basis. You know, for you, what, what are you doing outside of DJing when you're working out and stuff like that? What's your workout schedule, diet and stuff like that? Oh, like, gym stuff? Yeah. Um, you know, for me, like, I, I, I try to go about four times a week. Um, I usually go to any time or experience. Uh, there's any time right by me, so I check that one out when I can. Um, Diet-wise... Yeah, I try to eat healthy. I'm big on protein. That's my biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, low carb, high protein, and then a lot of water. And then that's really it. Yeah. So nice, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm always curious about that. Um, I saw the post that uh, that Keck had put up this week where he's dude, like, Keck got Keck got jacked. Yeah, you got fucking yoke, bro. So I'll yeah. shout out to DJ. DJ Keck, we might have to have him on here. That or I'm just gonna be like, yo, dude, I think it's time. <laughs> we gotta teach you boxing. We gotta teach you Muay Thai. Yeah, right. We gotta, we gotta put you in the gi. Teach you how to snap necks and cash checks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, listen, man, I wanted to say thank you for, for coming on and, and doing this. Um, I'm I'm excited for next month. I have a ton of people that are coming on. Uh, my friend Kim, she's coming on. Uh, a number of people know that I work for Silk. Um, she's going to be the first entertainer that I have on here. Oh, yeah. And I've known her for... We've known each other since we were 17. Uh, well, I think she was 16. I was 17. She's a year younger than me, but... Um, we've known each other for forever and a day. I'm excited to have her on here and, and, and talk from a, an entertainer's perspective and kind of give everyone an idea of, you know, what being an entertainer is about, mm-hmm. um, what it's like, so on and so forth. And I think with her experience and, and her perspective, I think she can, she can shed a really good light and, a a good light for everyone to see what it's like for, for her and, and a lot of the other entertainers, uh, following up after that will be Chicago, Nick from uh, the world-famous Equinox and Shadow Personal Fitness, or Personal Gym, uh, located at 2618 Halstead, Chicago, Al- Chicago, Illinois. Um, he'll be here. He'll be talking everything under the sun. We're going to be talking jujitsu. We're going to be talking fitness. We're going to be talking diet. And then uh, we're taking off for Father's Day, and then I'm going to have uh, the founder. Uh, well, he's founded a number of teams. Uh, throughout the Midwest, one of them being the Chicago Fire for uh, Major League Soccer, uh, the Indianapolis Eleven, and another other number of other teams. Uh, also, one in Madison, uh, Peter Wilt will be joining us as well, uh, and a ton. Of, I have an outline of so many fucking guests I want to have on here. So, uh, shout to uh, DJ Katie, aka the Germ. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Co-producing, filling in for uh, the Mad Genius Randon. 
Um, that's it. So we will see you next week. Kwani, once again, thank you for coming on, brother. Thank you. I All appreciate right. it. Everyone be well. We'll see you at RWB in a little bit. Mahalo. Yeah, yeah.